What a day. It is the last day of July. It's Harry Potter's birthday and it's National Avocado Day. Today, by the way, is Friday, July 31st, and I'm feeling oddly optimistic about August. Are you? Hi and hello. You found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. When the Harry Potter books first came out, it was 2001 and I was in college. I was not a great college student and spent more time cheerleading and blogging than I did doing any schoolwork. Reading a book for fun was out of the question. I didn't even read the books that I was required to read. If we're connected on Instagram, you may know that this summer I have been working my way through the series for the first time. I'd only seen two of the films, the first one and Goblet of Fire. I do know some spoilers, though, and I'm currently in book six, The Half-Blood Prince. And I hear this one is a favorite. I know I'm late to the game, but I'd still love to chat about it with any Potterheads who are listening. Speaking of things that I was late to the game on, since it's National Avocado Day, here's a fun fact. I don't think I tried avocado until 2004 when I transferred to Cal State for college. I cannot recall a single time seeing an avocado or even guacamole the whole time growing up. I went to a local Mexican restaurant before prom one year, and I just took a flip through some of the old photos, and I didn't see a single avocado slice or dollop of guac anywhere in any of those photos on any of the plates. I don't remember when I first had avocado, but it was likely on a sandwich or in a salad or in a sushi roll. And here's a funny story about that. When I lived in California, I was a bank teller while I was in college. And my very first day, a day that I had to come in for training, I was sent upstairs to wait in the employee break room. A woman was up there, a woman who was also new, and she was very much like Phyllis from the office. And there was a platter of salmon sushi just sitting there for us to enjoy. A, I thought this was questionable, like, How long had this been sitting out? And B, this woman, I kid you not, loads up her plate and says, I just love avocado with my salmon. And then she proceeds to slather it on her fish. She takes a bite, screams, and drops her plate as tears stream out of her eyes. Dear listener, that woman had slathered her salmon in wasabi, which is not avocado. It's horseradish, and it is potent in small quantities. Bless her heart. Today is not National Wasabi Day. It's National Avocado Day, so I do hope you can have some avocado toast or make some fresh guacamole with chips today. Today, I wanted to keep this episode pretty casual. You may have caught this on my Instagram stories last night, but I have been really struggling with finding the time to write and work during the day. And when I sit down to write at 11 p.m. or, in this case, 3 a.m., I start overthinking things. I would hate for this show to just be more noise in the world, to be pointless and frivolous. But at the same time, I'm growing heavy in the heaviness of the world. Cheryl, who is one of our Today By The Way friends, said that this is compassion fatigue. 
that a lot of us are tired deep to the soul because we've been bearing an emotional weight for the world that we aren't used to carrying for so long. I want to keep things light, but at the same time, I don't want to come off as insensitive or tone deaf, but I'll be honest here. There are days when I just want to be entertaining. And you know what? I think that because what we're doing here is different, that because this is a chat among friends instead of an expert trying to tell you how to live your life better, that we get the freedom to be light when we want to be light, but also go deep when we want to go deep. And I thank you for allowing me to rest when I need to rest. In the spirit of getting to know each other better and to level up this friendship, I thought it could be fun to answer questions from you. I'm actually floored by how many questions I got. So dun dun dun, this is going to be a two-part episode. <laughs> Nothing is off limits. And, and despite splitting this into two episodes, I couldn't get to them all. Nonetheless, I'm answering what I can, off the cuff, unscripted. Okay, first thing first, there were a ton of questions in this vein. Questions like, if you could have another whole life after this one, what would your dream life be? What do you see next for your career? Where do you see yourself in five years? Julie McCracken on Facebook said, I feel like I already know so much about you, so it's hard to think of something I don't know. Have you ever talked about your professional goals? I'm curious if there's anything that you are aiming for. And I... I just wrote back in all caps, so many goals, too many dreams. In terms of this podcast, I want it to grow into a vibrant community of women who are truly for each other. I have a vision for a website that is interactive and fun. Book clubs, watch clubs, clothing swaps, secret Santas, a group you can go to when you need to share a funny meme that you found, but also you can go to when you are freaking out about something and need someone to tell you that it's going to be all right. Women are lonely. Friendships are hard to maintain in the early years of motherhood. And the internet can be such a divisive place. I want there to be a place on the internet where we can combat those things. For me personally, I go back and forth between do I want to be a speaker? I mean, I love speaking at mobs groups or to women at church. Or, (laughs) sounds just so pathetic when I say it out loud. Or do I want to try to be an influencer? I gave up that ghost, gosh, it had to have been five or six years ago. I went to Alt Summit and I met so many wonderful bloggers who said that I needed to step it up for photos, to hire a photographer to do my outfit of the day photos, etc. And it just felt so opposite of why I started blogging in the first place, to have this unpolished place where I could write and be silly and connect with others who are interested in what I was interested in. I don't know, it just feels disingenuous to stage outfit of the day photos. Like, am I going to show you what I actually wore that day? Or am I going to do a photo shoot and shoot seven different dresses that I didn't actually wear anywhere? But man, almost every day I do consider taking an outfit photo and publishing a fair trade shopping guide and making YouTube video reviews. But my first priority outside of my family and my health is this podcast. I want to establish better work habits for this before I even consider anything else. Long term, and I mentioned this on Coffee and Crumbs a year or so ago, but I want to have a children's school supply and accessories shop. Fair trade with a give back model to support girls schools in countries where females are typically denied educational opportunities. 
My fun dream is to have a snow cone stand outside my neighborhood that's open Memorial Day to Labor Day. And my do-over dream? Well, if I could do all of this all over again, I would have gone into end-of-life care, either as a funeral director or a death doula. I hope that once the world opens again, I can begin consistent volunteer work in hospice care. I have a heart for the dying and the grieving, especially after I got to take care of my grandmother in her final days. Speaking of coffee and crumbs, a couple of you want to know why I left. I get this question a lot every time I do an AMA on Instagram, and usually I just sidestep it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's why there's this mystery around it, because I don't talk about it. But you know what? I think I just need to set the record straight. I loved that job, and I am so thankful for that opportunity. When I think about how much trust Ashley, the founder of Coffee and Crumbs, gave me, I am in awe. To hand something so big that is such a large part of the company that you built from the ground up to a person that you do not know is huge. I don't know if I could have done it if I were in her shoes. The truth isn't anything scandalous. There's no story here. I was only hired for two seasons. After my second season, which was the show's fourth season, Ashley decided to move the show to Patreon so that the listeners would have the opportunity to support the show instead of making the production dependent on advertisers and therefore being beholden to checking download numbers and staying on a strict and exhausting production schedule. She has a clear vision about what is good and healthy for her company and that community and her family, and I think that shows. Coffee and Crumbs is a beautiful and intentionally and carefully curated place online where women feel seen and known. You'd be hard-pressed to find another place like it online. I was sad to not be asked to be a part of what they were doing next, but I completely understood. Ashley made the right call for her company. She wanted less podcasts, and I wanted more. They've been able to dial back to episodes twice a month, and I've dialed up to twice a week. But I want you to hear me clearly on this. The Coffee and Crumbs team are some of the kindest, most thoughtful women I have ever had the pleasure to meet. I didn't leave because there was some big fight or disagreement. I was only hired for two seasons, and at the end of that, they decided to try something new. I am eager to see how they continue to grow after their July and August sabbatical. And in the show notes, you can find how to support them on Patreon. Okay, Madison wants to know, how did you come to know Jesus and how has he been working in your life lately? Listen, I have wanted to share my faith story on the podcast since the get-go. But I also know that in our community, there are non-believers people who practice a different faith, and people who have been very hurt by the church. Ain't no hurt like church hurt, am I right? It would take a whole episode to share the unlikely story of how an agnostic teenager came to know Christ and then went to Bible college, and then another episode to talk about my continued rebellion and my working of my sanctification that has happened since. And you know what? One day I'll do it. Maybe in a Wednesday episode that you can get through the weekly newsletter, but I promise one day I will get it on paper and I will share it. But that day is not today. Hey, I need to pause this AMA right here for a quick spotlight on today's sponsor.
I have a lot on my plate these days, and I bet you do too. But one thing that I can always take off my plate is meal planning. And with Green Chef, which is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle, they have meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep covered too. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide variety of easy-to-follow lifestyles like paleo, plant-powered, keto, and balanced living plans, each with select organic ingredients. Everything is hand-picked and delivered right to your door. Recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. It's so easy that a six-year-old could do it. I know this because my six-year-old made us pork chops with basil pesto last week. Can you believe it? Chris helped her with the stove part, but she did everything else. And that's because the recipes include pre-measured sauces and spices so we can get more flavor in fewer minutes. I especially love using Green Chef during busy weeknights because it's convenient, high quality, and sustainably sourced. So I can eat well and feed my family well, even when our plates are totally full. I'd love for you to give Green Chef a go. Use code TODAY80 to get $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash TODAY80 to redeem and for more details. And now, back to the show. Okay, Lauren asked, what is your dream travel destination? I have always wanted to go to Hawaii. We had planned to go this year as a family, but then COVID. And then there was a sinkhole under my driveway. So we are saving from scratch again. But my mom is from Thailand, and I really would like to visit Thailand with the kids one day too. I really hope to do that next year or the year after. Okay, Lisa, Asha, and Ashley want to know more about the no poo method, how I went two years without washing my hair, and if I'm still doing that. Y'all, before you think that I'm a disgusting human being, I did not go two years without washing my hair. (laughs) I went two years without using shampoo. Do, Do you see the difference? I think that that is an important distinction. So it started like this. My friend Jenny from Austin had shared with me that she was embarking in the no poo method. First of all, this method has a marketing problem. Gross name. Second of all, the benefits are supposed to be great even if the name is terrible. Basically, according to proponents of said no poo method, your scalp and hair are in a bad cycle of being stripped and then coated and then stripped and then coated, thus making your hair either too oily or too dry and making you dependent on styling products. Allegedly, if you do no poo, your scalp will adjust and can get it right. My hair before no poo would get super oily at the roots and then crispy fried on the ends. This was before I started bleaching my hair. So all of this happened about four years ago. There are a lot of different ways to try it. I think most people use baking soda and apple cider vinegar to clean their scalp and make their hair shiny. Some people simply skip the shampoo and they only use conditioner. There's actual shampoo alternatives on the market and that's what I did. I used a very expensive one called New Wash by Hair Story and I loved it. But I just could not justify the cost anymore. 20 ounces was $90. Nine zero. And because I have a lot of hair, I had to buy three bottles a year. 
I tried the baking soda paste thing one time and I missed the luxury of, you know, just taking something that smells good out of a bottle and then putting it on my hair. After I started lightening my hair, I tried two different kinds of personalized shampoo and conditioner. I got Pros, which I returned after two washes. They have a money-back guarantee, which they honored. My hair just never felt clean or conditioned after using it. And then I got Function of Beauty, which, which I feel lukewarm about. I like it a lot, but again, it's just hard for me to justify the price. I forgot that I was on auto-subscribe with Function of Beauty, so... Ugh so annoying. So I have a whole nother box to work through. When it's finally out, I'd like to try Playa. I got a teeny tiny sample of it in my FabFitFun box and I really liked it that one time. So maybe in 2021, I'll be out of my Function of Beauty stuff. Okay, Jennifer and Kelsey want me to talk about the Enneagram. Y'all, I am anti-Enneagram, but I also recognize that I am saying this as a true four. (laughs) Four's ultimate desire is to feel special and unique, and maybe because it's so popular, I'm just not into it. So there's nine different numbers, and that's your type. And then you can have a wing, which means another type that you're next to can color your personality. There's different wings, and then you move to different numbers if you're in stress or in health. And then, then on top of that, you have three different instinctual subtypes of each of these nine numbers. It's just a lot. And honestly, I love a good personality test. I think they're fun, but I get real nervous when people put themselves in these categories to justify their shortcomings. I get super apprehensive that I could dedicate a large amount of my time to learning about myself when ultimately, and y'all, just a quick reminder, my second major in college was religion because I wanted to be an evangelist. (laughs) Sometimes I get preachy, but I'm just going to say it. I want to spend less time thinking about me and more time thinking about how I can be less like me and more like Christ. Oh, don't unsubscribe. Okay. I do think the Enneagram is super helpful for conversational shorthand. Like I can say to my friends, oh, she is such a seven and they will know exactly what I mean. I do think it's a good tool for self-examination to help you pinpoint your motivations and to help you communicate with others. But far too often, I have seen it used by people to say, well, this is just the way God wired me. And then they use it as a pass to be stagnant. Okay, I think this may be my only rant, these two episodes. (laughs) But y'all should know that three of my best friends are way into the Enneagram. And our friendship is surviving, even though I'm skeptical. (laughs) I'd probably like it if it weren't so cool. Okay, friend, that is it for today. (laughs) I'm sorry to end on a rant. We will pick back up next episode with part two of Ask Me Anything. Show notes are at todaybytheway.com slash episodes, and that's where you can find links to all the things we've mentioned. That's also where you can find the link to join our Facebook group called My Internet Besties, which is where I got a lot of these questions. Hey, listen, I know this year may have made you question a lot of things, but I want to encourage you to hang in there. It's already almost October. October's in 60 days. Today is a new day, and friend, I am cheering you on. 